So, to our final guest uh, this evening, she's been everywhere all summer, and I mean that. And, oh my God, oh general. That ADHD down in the front row here. So she, she's, she's been everywhere all summer, um, and, and she's been incredibly energetic and committed to everything that she's done. I'm thrilled that she's still got the energy to be here. It's just been her launch party, um, and her publication date is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. So for one of her very, 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 very first readings from her truly fantastic memoir, and my only criticism of it is it could be 5,000 words longer, is My Animals and Other Family. Please welcome Claire Balding. There were children in the, um, in the mall yesterday that I managed to silence by just going, shush. So that may, if it has to happen, it will happen. Um, it has been an extraordinary summer, and I'm sure there will be questions about it later, and I'm very happy to answer all and any of them, although I didn't win a gold medal. I still got to go on the parade. Hooray! Um, it was brilliant. And um, I, I decided, well, God, I mean, you know, you all love books, and that's why you're here, and you love reading books, and you love you would love, most of you, most of us in this room would love to write a book, and I always wanted to write a book, and, you know, the world of television is, is terribly superficial <laughs> and terribly transient. It is, and it's very visual, and it doesn't really last, and the love doesn't last. It's nice to have it at the moment, and I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it while it does, while Jan Moyer writes a full-page article saying, why can't everyone be Claire Balding? Oh. <laughs> Let's enjoy. Um. Let's get that laminated. Um. Having heard Shirley's reading earlier, I'm now worried that that has a sexual connotation. I've no idea she would make it have one. Um, which was all great, but what I wanted to do in my life was write something that actually um, was decent and would make people laugh and make them cry and had meaning and, and told a story that meant something to you. So the point of the book, and, and Damon's read it, and the point of it is not so much that it's m my story, that it could be your story, that there are bits of it that, m that would speak to you. And I think most of us struggle to get attention from one parent or the other, um, or both. Um, most of us worry about our voice in the world and will it be heard and what have we got to say. Most of us feel at times in life that we don't fit in and how, what do we do to try and fit in. Not all of you will start shoplifting to try and fit in, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say I've stopped now, but who knows? <laughs> no, I, I have stopped now. Um, and and there, is, there is great confusion in the world, and I think that, that actually w one of the things I probably wouldn't have known if I had written this book any earlier was that when you look back on your early life and you know how hard you struggled to fit in, that actually it doesn't really matter whether people like you or not. What matters is do you like them? Who are you? And actually, do you like yourself? So it's kind of about that, but it is written. It's called My Animals and Other Family, um, with permission of Gerald Durrell's widow, who, I, who is a fabulous woman. And I met... Oh, that was your question. Bad luck. So, um, there'll be another one. I suspect there'll be another one. Um, but <laughs> I catch on really quick. Um, I met, I met um, Lee Durrell in Jersey two years ago, and... Um, I said to her I wanted to write this book and I didn't know then whether I was going to write about God, different breeds of dog, I mean possibly but I wanted to call it My Animals and Other Family and was that alright? And she said she'd heard lots of variations of my family and other, you know, aliens or something but she'd never heard just the complete flip round and yes I could. So it is with her permission that I get the title I get and every chapter is a different animal so, um, and there are beautiful illustrations as well. I didn't do the illustrations so I could say they're beautiful. Um, the writing I can't say is beautiful. You could, but you know, I, 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 I can't possibly say that. So I will give you a little flavor. Um, 
Yes. My father was a racehorse trainer. That's all basically you need to know. So I grew up surrounded by about 120 thoroughbred horses that were worth, you know, anything up to a million pounds each. Who knew? Um, and one of his great horses, which is great with taxi drivers. <laughs> not, it might, might not help you in life. It always helps me. Oh, my dad trained Mill Reef. Really? Your dad trained Mill Reef? Cool. Mill Reef, he won the Derby, didn't he? I said, yes, he did. And he won the Eclipse and the King George and the Ark. Yeah, he did. When was it then? I said, 1971. Cool, you know your stuff. No, I was born in 1971. Of course I know. <laughs> My father trained Mill Reef. I know the year he won the derby. Anyway, um, my father rang his owners each Sunday to discuss the likely running plans for their horses. If he had shown any interest in current affairs or life outside Parkhouse Stables, which is where I live, um, he, would have been, he would have had interesting conversations as his owners had influence over a broad range of businesses and countries, which is true. <laughs> anyway, occasionally, if something so big had happened that even he couldn't miss it, he might stray off the topic of racing. There was betting on the general election with prices offered on who would be prime minister, what the majority would be. There still is, by the way. It's quite fun. Um, <laughs> and which individual seats would be won. It was therefore covered in the sporting life. When he rang Buckingham Palace, he was put through to the Queen immediately. In May 1979, he started their conversation thus. Your Majesty, Ian, how are you? Fine, all well here. The horses are in good shape, and I think we'll have runners at Royal Ascot. He went into more detail about which horses were being aimed at which races and told the Queen about one or two who had, sl had had slight setbacks and would need time to recover. She took it all in, made the odd comment, and as he reached the end of his update, the Queen said, By the way, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the election result? The Conservatives had won the election and Margaret Thatcher had become the country's first female Prime Minister. Dad was vaguely aware that this event had occurred. <laughs> but as it didn't affect his daily life, he hadn't given an awful lot of thought. My father is not a stupid man, but he does sometimes lack intelligence. And that is the only way I can explain his reply. Well, it's going to take a while to get used to a woman running the country. <laughs> Honestly, that is what he said to the Queen. I've always thought it is entirely to the credit, to her credit, that the Queen did not remove her horses straight away. Maybe she thought my father was a god, an oddity, a bit of a loose cannon. Maybe he amused her, or maybe she just concentrated on his ability to train racehorses and ignored the rest. The Queen liked to track the behaviour of her horses from birth onwards, which ones were being difficult, which were showing promise, who liked to lead on the gallops, who might pull and who might show reluctance. Whenever she came to see the horses, my father would make sure that Andrew and I were prepped well in advance. Your Majesty on first greeting, ma'am as in spam or jam, not as in farm or palm, and, and then on. Don't grip the hand, touch it lightly and curtsy or bow. Left leg behind right or right leg behind left. Dad wasn't clear. Consequently, I've never been sure. <laughs> Don't speak unless you're spoken to and look the queen in the eye. Don't swear. Now, you might think that this would be obvious, but I had been developing an oppressive array of profanities and anything could happen. On this April day in the late 1980s, my father had neglected to tell us that the queen was coming to Kingsclear. So it was that I came charging in from Riding Hattie, who's the chapter that this one's named after, to find two men wearing suits sitting at the kitchen table. I thought perhaps there'd been murder and that these two Charlies were in charge of the investigation. I'd been watching Bergerac and that was just the sort of thing which was always happening in Jersey. <laughs> 
timing, you know, give it a time, 80s, yes. Um, Watcher, I shouted through the door as I tugged off my jumper boots in the dog's room. Where's everyone else? Next door in the dining room, said the one who looked like the chief inspector. Skidding along the cork floor in my socks into the kitchen, I saw Mrs. Jessup, who was our daily, she's lovely. Um, She was, she was lovely. Um, She always sends a text, she always used to send a text, or not a text, we don't have mobile phones. She would say to my father a week before his anniversary, happy anniversary for next week, sir. And then, so now I send my dad a text the day before his anniversary saying happy anniversary for tomorrow. It doesn't really work, but anyway. Um, So Mrs. Jessup, um, I saw her carefully placing bacon and sausages onto one of the smart china serving dishes. Oh, great, cooked breakfast, I said excitedly. As I ran out of the kitchen, I thought I heard Mrs. Jessup saying something about someone feeling queasy or queer. It started with a Q. (laughs) I flung open the dining room door and in my haste fell into the room. I was wearing my green cord riding jumpers with stains from two weeks of wear, one red sock and one blue, my favourite rugby shirt and a spotted handkerchief around my neck. We all did that. I love this. I still would. I still would. Um, (laughs) Wear a spotted handkerchief. I mean, Um, the Queen, who was sitting at the head of our dining room table, was dressed rather more soberly in a navy blue dress coat. My entrance had caused a break in the conversation, one of those uncomfortable silences you always hope won't happen because of you. And then it does. And there's not a lot you can do except say, sausages, yummy. (laughs) My father made that growling noise that I thought must make his throat feel a bit sore as I headed for the table in the corner where there was a hot plate with my mother's best china dishes laden with scrambled eggs, bacon, sausages and mushrooms. I'd rather missed my moment to curtsy and say, your majesty. So I just carried on with breakfast as if nothing was any different. Keep your line and kick on. That's what Dad always said about riding. I figured it was the same in life. (laughs) The Queen drank tea, not coffee. This this is absolutely gospel. Um, She liked it weak and without milk. Only one slice of toast and none of the eggs, sausages, bacons, hash browns, mushrooms, or tomatoes that were on offer. Her gloves were up to the side of her plate, and on her feet were black court shoes. She seemed very small and rather quiet, not at all as she was on the television when my father made us watch her Christmas speech. My father glared at me, but it was too late to say anything now, so I concentrated hard on buttering my toast, smothering it with marmalade and cutting my sausage long ways. It was an American delicacy, and this is bloody delicious. It is. Sausage on toast with marmalade. And I had decided that it would be part of what made me interesting and different. (laughs) Sausages on toast with marmalade would form part of my statement to the world. The trouble with concentrating hard on cutting a sausage long ways is that if you press too hard, it's a bit like squeezing a bar of soap. The sausage can shoot out of your grasp. (laughs) I know this. I know this only too well. I can still recall in slow motion the way my sausage shot across the table towards the queen (laughs) as she sipped her tea. Quick as a flash, I tried to grab it. I knocked over the milk jug. My mother yelped. My father growled again. The queen glanced at me and raised an eyebrow. I froze, wishing I could crawl under the table and pretend I was a dog. My brother seized the sausage and shoved it back onto my plate. My mother mopped up the milk with that look in her eye that said, I am not even going to count to ten. You are in so much trouble. It's out tomorrow in all good bookshops. <laughs> Shirley's like, I've caught all the sausages, it's fine. Um, I did, I really worried about the whole sausage thing. I thought, I can't read the sausage thing after Shirley. Everyone would be like, ah. 
So, so every, every chapter in the book, um, and the, the illustrations are lovely, every chapter is horses um, or hounds, never horses and hounds, but horses or hounds. Um, and really, this is, this is what you were born into, and not just, you know, it wasn't just your parents at that time, it was your grandparents um, as well, and, you know, that, that was your life, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, both my grandfathers were trainers. Um, my father, obviously, uncles on both sides. One of my grandfathers was a trainer and a professional polo player. Quite sexy, I think. Who'd actually. gone to the United States? He had, yeah. He played polo in America Gatsby. and he played very Gatsby, very Gatsby, and played polo in America and also played polo in India. You probably knew him, Shirley. He was quite a. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's quite he was called Gerald Baldwin. <laughs> I bet you knew him. I bet. Oh, yes. Shirley's like doing the <laughs> mental Rolodex. Does <laughs> I know her? <laughs> <laughs> and also, also Shirley is not one of the bitches that's your mother. Just to make yeah. that very clear, she's not not the mother. So, so, and so, so, I mean, this sounds like I'm making it up, but it is actually true that that, that your family are so kind of entrenched in this world that there is, in fact, a thing called the balding gag. There is, yeah, it's a bit um, for horses. For, for horses, my and, and, so, and there's a balding girth as well. There's a balding girth. Yes. <laughs> I'm really worried now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you could use that. So, 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 so <laughs> and, al and also, so, you know, so not you know, mine. With, with, the, with, with the Queen appearing um, at, at breakfast, I mean, yes. and, and the world of kind of horse training being your life, the, the, it was also the case that your family were sort of semi-aristocratic on your mum's side, anyway, or at least very aristocratic, in fact. And certainly, your grandmother was terrifying. Um, so do you want to tell us about that? My, my grandmother was quite a fun character to write in the book. I know that sounds odd because obviously she is a real person, but I, I think anyone... Well, she was. Um, anyone, she's dead. She's dead. <laughs> Sorry. <that's laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> she's dead. She's dead. <laughs> it's fine. I'm over it. Um, she, didn't like, she didn't like me much. She's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, I'm not sure I could have written the book if she was still alive, although she probably would have really enjoyed it because she's great in it. She is... You think Maggie Smith playing her, it's just fantastic. So there were, li you know, things that she said, which are pretty... For, for example, for example, when you were born, Yes. oh, it's a girl, just keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> or when my hair was cut slightly too short, why have you done a hair like that? She looks like a lesbian, yes. Um, Clairvoyant, that Yeah, exactly. Fulfill <laughs> 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 so that prophecy. <laughs> um, yeah, she was um, she was quite terrifying, and yet though so sort but of so I mean, admirable. The, uh, uh, Earl of which? Um oh, Earl of Derby's granddaughter. Yeah, and um, and she and and then uh, yes. Anyway, lots of things. And then your great uncle is in fact Robin Hood, or great 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 uncle. No, my, no, my no, no, no. Well, mm, no, this is very yes. exciting. I was really, it's like page three. Or, yeah, like, please don't anyone in this room say Robin Hood didn't exist. I get very upset. <laughs> 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 Alice keeps saying yeah, and I'm related to Humpty Dumpty, and I'm going no, Robin Hood was real. All of <laughs> all of my uncles have Robin Hood in their name. Not just Robin, they have Robin Hood. It's not funny. <laughs> it is funny, though. But they have Robin Hood in their name. So William Edward Robin Hood, Huntingdon, as he is now, Simon P Simon Aubrey, Robin Hood, Hastings Bass, you know. And so there's that, that kind of... So, so in, a, in, a, in a sense, that's obviously enormous that's privilege. That's why I... I think that's why I got into stealing. <laughs> it's the Robin Hood thing. <laughs> that's my excuse. I just forgot to give it on, you know. <laughs> Is that what you told your house yeah. mistress? Yeah. Um, no, it's not, is it? No, because I, I know because I've read the book, it's not. But um, but um, but so so thieving aside, um, <laughs> you you know you were born into a world with lots of expectations. So which on the lots one of expectations for men. 
for men, yes. but not for women. No, go so, on then. so you know, but but we're but your grandmother is this incredibly yeah, strong and character, that's the and your weird mother's thing. also so grandma. Very strong, grandma ends up being one of the first female members of the jockey club, which was a really difficult thing to do. Then wasn't allowed to take out a training license because women weren't allowed to train. So my father, who was this American guy, come and started working for her and, and for my grandmother and my grandfather. My grandfather then dies. My father has to take over the license because my grandmother's not allowed to. But and then, that's when? What but year then is that? I mean, that's that so is, recent, um, historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 1965. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, about that. And then, but weirdly, my grandmother wouldn't let my mother go to, to, to Cambridge, which all the boys had done and she was about to. And grandma said, no, I won't have a blue stocking for a daughter. I know, strange. But then my mother said to me once, I don't really want a career woman for a daughter. But then, you know, they, they change. She got, she got that wrong. She's so changed now. But, but, um, and, and Jan Moyer says. <laughs> <laughs> look, Mum, look. Oh, Jan Moyer said. <laughs> um, but then, you know, and your great uncle had said women ain't people. I mean, oh, no, it's my uncle, Uncle, uncle Toby. Uncle. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Toby, yeah. So, so recently. That, you know, oh, he so still says it. I mean, it's, you know. It's oh, my God. I know. <laughs> but now it's a joke. Yeah, but, but like, it's a, seriously, I, I mean, what what does women that make when you're yeah, when you're growing up? Yeah, they would always say, but women ain't people. Feel, well, it make makes you feel, feel you'll disprove them. It's but you know, it just makes it makes you, you feel. That yes, yes, so it makes you yes. react, push push against that. Does, yeah. So you were actually quite badly behaved yes. through through a lot of the first part of this book. You are serious. You know, hairbrush over the back of the knees territory. You know, yeah. I mean, you're stealing. Oh, my mum used to hit. I don't think I put this in because my mum would hit me with a with a hairbrush, and she hit me once so hard the hairbrush broke, and I was still getting it doesn't hurt. <laughs> doesn't hurt. And is that why you cut your hair short? No, I'm too sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it wasn't just about gender. It was also about class because your grandmother, because yeah. you were very stressed because um, you were trying to get, you wanted to get to Cambridge, you wanted to achieve, you wanted to be more than they wanted for yourself. Um, and, you, you know, you said, you know, sort of jokingly, oh, I'm having a nervous breakdown. Your grandmother said people of our class do not have nervous breakdowns and they do not have divorces. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, you, you, were, you had to fight against all of that. You know, how, how did you do it? I Where became a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. It's no. one reaction. Uh, so it is. It's one reaction. Um, um, I think I... God, I don't know. I mean, uh, the because well, it was very, I mean, it's very hard when you went to when you went to school. Um, yeah. You didn't, you know, well, you didn't know anybody. Well, I had this. So, so my my mother's family were very aristocratic. aristocratic. My father's family were not, and and so I was this sort of hybrid thing. You know, um, I was a cockapoo, if dog people, um, and and I wasn't quite one thing or the other. So I go to the local village primary school, and I'm too posh for them. So I get duffed up there, and I duff them up back, and then That's I go. So can I just say that is a brilliant scene in the book. You, know, <laughs> you, are, you are totally brutal. What's that girl's name again that you hated so much? I can't remember. I've changed it, so I don't know. <laughs> well, that was my next question. Don't worry, Good no, to know. There are names okay. that change. Good to know. I'll do one day in 30 years' time when it gets republished like Shirley's. I'll do the last chapter of whoever I'm really was. Um, and um, no, and then I go to boarding school, and I'm not posh enough for them because I've been at primary school and I smell of poo, so of horse poo, obviously. So, yeah. So you kind of. But like I think quite a lot of people's experience of school is like that. You do take a while to find your way. And you know, unless you're really good at faking it, in which and case... In between, you were suspended for the, for the shoplifting, yeah. which we've all done. Yeah, but you didn't get caught, did you? No, actually, no. No, see, that's the trouble. I'm the one that gets caught. No, and, 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 you know, and when my sister got caught, I was so censorious about it. It was brilliant. <laughs> I was so judgy. I was like, how could you get caught? <laughs> Um, so I think what's really interesting is that you know you have this you have this structure which is in intensely as a writer intensely convenient and brilliant about talking about animals and using them as a way into exploring where you are in your life and the deal with you with animals is is that they provide a kind of companionship for you and a safe space mm. that you don't have in your family mm. right so yeah it's sort of a shield and a friend and somebody who doesn't judge you visually 
which, which animals don't. And I think we are in this world very, very visual. You know, we rely on actually the most untrustworthy sense of all. And you make judgments as soon as somebody walks through the room. Oh, no. Uh, or, oh, yes. And you're quite often wrong. <laughs> and you should, you know, everything takes a bit of time. And animals don't do that to you. So you, you develop a different relationship with animals. So you've got Frank, the very oh, ugly, Frank, Frank, Frank the very ugly horse. Me. Frank was my pony. Pony, sorry, horse, pony. I did pony. learn a lot. Yeah. He <laughs> Frank was gorgeous. Frank was lovely. He was really ugly. Um, I thought he was fantastic. And he needed sun cream because he had pink skin. So he needed sun cream around his nose and around his eyes. And he had brown ears, gray face, really sticky up hair. His mane was all sticking up because he had sweet itch. So he's rubbing it all the time. Yeah, to explain what sweet itch is for the people who aren't Oh, it's you. just like nasty skin disease. That's all. So he's always itching it. And, and um, yeah, he was, and he had splodges down his body as well. But I just loved that pony. Yeah. So Frank obviously gets... <laughs> Frank's the hero of the book, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frank, a lot about Frank, Frank. Frank gets a picture as well. Look, there are very you seen haven't the nice seen the photos. Edition, no, no, I told you that the I've photos... I've got the tacky, horrible Yeah, edition. bad luck. Um, but I didn't get pizza, so hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the photos do warm it up somewhat. Oh there, God. There's Frank. Is, is that a volcano on the left? Uh, no, that's Frank. Oh, is it Frank? Yeah, that's Frank, I'm you colorblind. idiot. Sorry. <laughs> it's Frank. Anyway. He's not as mangy as you said. No, he looks quite nice there. That's a very good photo that of him. That is a good picture yeah, of him. Yeah, he's not sunburnt there at all. Aww. That's volcano. He's pretty. There. He See? is pretty. Yeah, that's, pretty. that's before you cut but his anyway, hair to look like David yeah. Bowie. Because there was an incident where you cut the horse's mane where before yeah. and tail before you realised that you, you weren't like supposed Stardust, to. Yeah. Bad, bad, a bad, a bad a scene. Anyone who follows me on Twitter has seen this picture, but there is a photo of me with a dog collar around my head. So I may, I think I'm one day I'm going to really regret showing that. With <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Foreshadowing, let's call it that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so, so there's your love of animals and the, the time that you get to spend with them and also a way of spending time with them because you're not spending time with, with your parents. Um, <laughs> you know, because your dad's very busy and more interested in animals sometimes than it seems than people. Yeah. Um, and you're a handful, more than a handful, for your mum. Yes, I think fair. that's probably fair, yeah. Um, but then you, you talk really My movingly. My brother was there too, though. He Andrew. Yeah, he says it's all lies. <laughs> he, said, he actually read the book. He doesn't read. And he read the book and he finished it and goes, it's all lies. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. He but I said, Andrew, it's my truth. He said, but it's really good. It's a really good read. <laughs> so, so the scene... It's not, he did. He called himself Alan for like a whole year. And he licked the radiator because it tasted of tea. I mean, why would you do that? It's such a strange... <laughs> and call me Alan. Why? <laughs> Your name's Andrew. Of all, to be <laughs> fair, of all the names you could choose, <laughs> Alan's not it's up there. Not, and, then, no. and then they're licking the radiator. Are there any Alans here? I don't... Oh, oh, Alan, it's a lovely That's name. That's the demographic we're in. <laughs> um, so Do you call yourself Al? Yeah. Or, or Alan. Yeah, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> but with the licking the radiator thing, I think what's interesting about this, and for those of you who haven't read the book, which is everybody, um, so, 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 so I know, so, so we can, I, I, I'm, there aren't that many spoilers, but you know, she, her brother, Claire's brother, um, licks a radiator and says that it tastes of tea. Um, and Claire says, no, it does not. And he says, yes, it does lick it. And she says she, she licks it and it doesn't taste the tea. And then repeatedly, furiously licks it um, until My you realise that your tongue's been lacerated by the rust on the radiator. Oh. And still she doesn't stop. I'm saying nothing. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> um, but I do think that says... <laughs> Lost over there at this point. We're just going to move on. Maybe so, um, <laughs> another love of your life was books. 
And um, there's a great, a great, <laughs> there's, 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 um, there's, there's, there is a great scene in the book where you kind of like your, your father, and this is actually, a, I think, a wee bit, no, I'm not going to say it, um, it's abusive, but your, your dad's like, Claire, lose the weight. You know, yeah, but it was very practical. And, and uh, for being I, a jockey, yeah, because I'm riding in races and I have to be, and I'm heavy. I mean, I'm naturally heavy, so I'm very heavy. I'm not fibbing. I tell you, I'd fib about a lot of things like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and I come. This is when I'm doing my A levels. Just after my A levels, Dad says, "How much do you weigh?" And I said, "I weigh ten stone four. I mean, I'm heavier than that now. But I said, "I weigh ten stone four. And he said, "Right, you need to be nine stone twelve by next Wednesday." And I went, "Okay." <laughs> so you can do that. <laughs> So I start running in sweatsuits, going on the sauna, wrapping myself up in towels in bed with an electric blanket on, going on the exercise bike. And how old are you And hardly point? eating how old are you I'm like 17, 17, 18. Yeah. 18, yeah. 17, 18. So I do two years of riding, and literally my father would ask me what I weighed three times a day. Well, I would weigh myself three times a day. He'd tend to ask me in the morning and the evening, what do you weigh? Because he needed to know, what, what's he going to enter the horses in next week? What weight can you do? Mm. And the first race I rode in, I was two pounds overweight, and they announced it on the loudspeaker. And I tell you, that is just awful. So when the like whole race course knows that you can't do 10-2, or you can't, so with a saddle, you Ms. know. Miss Claire Balding. Is, yes, you know. yes. Miss Claire Balding will be carrying two pounds overweight, or Miss Claire Balding will be carrying four pounds overweight. Oh, oh God. Oh. That's pretty traumatizing. Um, but I loved riding in races. I loved it. And if I had been naturally eight stone, God, it would have been so easy. Do you think you'd still be doing it? I mean, like, if, you know... I don't know, because I would have meant still living at home. <laughs> so probably not. No, probably <laughs> On not. reflection, probably not. Not so much. Yeah. Love my parents, but... <laughs> so, one, but, you know, the, the, the love of books was the other thing in your life, and that's, you know, you went off... Eventually, you fought very hard, and you oh, worked very hard to go to Cambridge. I have to just say, Dan Stevens, who was fellow judge of yours, read most of his books in my cottage in Kingsclear. He told you that, did he? Yeah, he stayed in my house. Good, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Could have said that in your speech. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it now. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> you were going to forget to tell me that. Um, yeah, he did. He stayed in my house and, and didn't leave any books behind, which is really sad. So, but well, you I know, thought he might. You were there reading and kind of like, wh what were you reading? Were you, did you read later? Well, no, I did. American sure. literature, a lot of yeah. Henry James and Edith Wharton. I was big into poetry, um, Emily Dickinson. Um, what about Molly Keane? I was wondering. I did. I did read a bit of Molly Keane, and actually now I wish I'd read the Mitfords because people mm. have read this and said it reminds them of uh, that kind of, kind of it's cupboard confessional. Yes, Mitfordian. Yes, yeah. which I'm thrilled. That's no, great. of course you'd be thrilled yeah. about any kind of. And I read Shirley Con. <laughs> I did. Of and Julie Cooper did. and all of that, as you do mm. when you're at school. And Shirley's like, yes, and what did you learn? Um, and so there's a, there's a great bit towards the end of it where you say, "I went out with a few more boys because that's what I thought I was meant to do, taking them out like." What books from the library and returning them when I didn't get the story, I got the story. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was a few years before I realised I'd been looking in the wrong section of the library. You said, mm. and this is like quite an advanced, you know. You, you've My gone dad loved that. He thought it was a really clever way of saying. I that. think it's beautiful. Yeah. I, oh, I, good. Thank I, I you. genuinely think that it's beautiful. Because and it I, doesn't mean you don't find the books interesting and you don't quite like the books and you quite you want to be seen with the books. But but then you realise actually no that I'm I'm looking in non-fiction I should be looking fiction or whatever other way around probably I was looking fiction but should have been looking non. But ha, but that's when you're at, that's when you're at Cambridge already and you yeah. know had you had that worry that situation that anxiety beforehand or was it something that kind of didn't occur to you in that until that point w about your sexuality about the f that you might be looking in the I wrong. I think part I liked my English teacher far more than I should have done, but lots of people <laughs> do that. <laughs> I did. Lots too. of people do that and get married. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I think, I don't know, I mean, I don't, I, I sort of knew I didn't fit, really, so I, you know, and it's, and then you meet the right woman, and then hooray. Okay. 
And then obviously you meet another one. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know for sure. <laughs> then you know it's not just one. <laughs> That's the bold and girth. Um, so I'll take qu I'll take questions. No, uh, so Sylvia may ex again explode. So <laughs> go on. Sylvia. I stole your first question. Go on. <laughs> And the Paralympics, I hope yes, as well. Yes. Olympics and Paralympics. Um, what was, you've always believed passionately in the Olympics, but what was the magic moment for you? What was your kind of magic Olympic Paralympic moment? Um, I thought the opening ceremony was pretty cool. It was <laughs> great. As soon as, as soon as we got over the South Korea, North Korea flag thing and it stopped raining. <laughs> Seems a long time ago, and 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 they actually opened Hammersmith Flyover again. I mean, all the things that went wrong that now seem so long ago. When we all, all, honestly, all and even me as a believer had that feeling of oh God, it's all going to go wrong. And then the opening ceremony started. And I went to the technical rehearsal, so I saw it on the Wednesday, and I knew how cool it was going to be. And I just thought, oh, this is fabulous. And then I think. Well, Catherine Granger winning her gold medal. Catherine Nana, it's allowed, everyone's allowed to have a crush on Catherine Granger. Yes. Apparently, even I'm allowed to have a crush on Catherine <laughs> says, but not too often. It's like, would you stop going on about Catherine Granger? Yeah. Anyway, um, when Catherine Granger won her gold medal, and then I think actually my moment, though, because it was such a television moment, was Chad's dad, Bert. Um, South African Bert. Oh, he's beautiful. Look at him. He's beautiful. Oh, he's such a beautiful boy. Oh, don't look at me. I'm so fat. Don't look at me. I'm, are we live? Yes, we're live. <laughs> Just brilliant, because it could only have happened on telly. That couldn't have happened on the yeah. radio, and it yeah. couldn't have happened in print. It was a great telly moment, and, and I was lucky, because it happened, you know, he was next to me. And then I saw him the next day. Oh, Claire, we've, you are so famous. Everybody knows who we are, because you are so famous. <laughs> uh, look at us. Look at us. Take a photo. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, lovely, I, I watched the opening ceremony. I was, I was, I was um, abroad and I watched it in, in, in the company of foreigners who couldn't believe how overexcited the British people in the room were by the, th the prospect of the Queen actually appearing in it. And we were, fre we were frenzied at that point. And I think one of the things I loved you about... you did, you thought, is it, is it, is it? Oh, it's my it. God, it's the Queen! <laughs> She's actually terrorised a good evening, Miss ah! No! I mean, that is brilliant. And of course, the essential, we had to have a man in drag because that's completely yeah. British. And, you know, and we, and we had to and have... And we had too. lesbians kissing. You we had, we did, no, we did. No, yeah, we, quick no. fleeting glance. I yeah. saw the lesbians oh, kissing. I love that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that answers your, that answers your question. Um, <laughs> there you are. Whatever question it may... Yes, go on. How did I not cry? So th this, this, this woman literally couldn't stop crying for <laughs> weeks on end. How she's in fact, cry? she's like a dried, used, desiccated <laughs> gourd. She's like a dried gourd. And she's saying, Claire, how, what is it about your tough-ass self that meant you I weren't know, crying exactly. the entire time? I have you no feeling. What's yeah. wrong with you? Is it your upbringing? Yes. Yes, they yes it's your cold, cold I upbringing. Oh, I won't cry, I won't cry, I won't cry. Um, I did cry watching certain things, but I managed not to cry on air. And the couple of times that I started to get choked, I just thought, no, 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 no. I very nearly cried at the end of the Paralympics. Very, very nearly. 
And actually, when I, I had written the ending and what I wanted to say and all the thing about now, what matters is what you do about it in terms of attitude and disability. What matters now is what you all do and how has this changed the way you think as well as the way you feel mm. and all of that. And so I'm reading it through. I wrote it and, I, and there was a guy I was working with. I said, Dom, come over and have a look at this. And he comes over and yeah, yeah, that's good. And then I go outside and start to read it and I cry. And then I start to read it again and I cry. And then I go, come on, pull yourself together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And mainly I was crying because I knew it was, and I did properly cry on the, on the, it, during the parade at um, Trafalgar Square. I completely went and all these people there and everyone's cheering and I'm on a float with, you know, Chris Hoy and Victoria Pendleton. I'm total, you know, sham of me being up there, never done day's training in my life, <laughs> Hol holding a microphone, pretending I was part of it all. Um, <laughs> and people cheering and stuff. And I looked out and I just thought, God, this is amazing. Yeah. And I went a bit then and then I thought, oh, no, now they're going to take photos of me looking miserable. I mustn't cry. I mustn't cry. I mustn't cry. So um, but yes, I did. I, so I did cry, but luckily not on air. I be so Sorry. I, I He's really in charge, <laughs> clearly. It's my microphone. I really do think that it's it's changed people's attitudes towards disability and different able people. I genuinely think that I I there's a tell whole you lot less bad jokes on Twitter. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like people and are, I think Frankie Boyle's rather speak. lost his impact, don't that you? That was awful. Oh, I just, really just hope so Frankie Boyle's lost his impact. Just so lame. Um, Frankie Boyle, that's who it is. Yeah. He's lost his impact. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I love the fact you say, who's that? Quite. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> who's Becky Adlington? You know yeah. who she is. Exactly. That's fine. That's good. This is good balance. But I do, um, think, it I do think it has me to change. I think it has. And, and if you walk around London or any, or any city or any place and, and start noticing steps, the world was built by straight white men. Yeah. And they didn't push prams and they didn't use wheelchairs and they didn't need access. I mean, why are our... Why are our platforms and tube stations the way they are? Yeah. Make them sloped up. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make them sloped up to the, yeah. you know, the, for, they'd be easier to fall off that way. I mean, it, you know, uh, sorry, harder to fall off if they were sloped up to the, to the actual tube. I mean, it just makes so much sense to build things with slopes, not steps. So that's a very... So access is important. And it, practical stuff is important. And thinking practically for engineers and architects and, you know, transport devisors that is really really important but for all of us attitude is is as important and that i think what the paralympics did is you don't look down you don't assume superiority now because you have all four limbs yeah and and you, you know you don't assume it and i think it did genuinely create proper heroes and i think all summer has people who are rewarded for hard work So one of the, you know, the one, you know, we that's a kind of a change in awareness and a cultural change. You know, you being Claire Balding, being a big lesbian on television all the time, changing people's attitudes. Big towards lesbian with iconic hair. I'll with have you know. no. According according to Heat magazine. The hair, hair that I'm working towards with every hour of my life. Yeah. I can't quite get the volume. I did say to Boris, I said uh, I'm slightly concerned our hair's getting more and more similar. I said, but. <laughs> But I have more of it. Anyway, <laughs> 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 so do you remember? Do you remember when we met in that lift? When we met in that lift at the at City Hall, and, and we talked about the killers, and oh, are we human or are we dancer? Is what I thought it was. And you told me it was are we human or are we dancer? And I, I remember that. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember Boris being in the lift with you and walking out, thinking, "Thank God I'm not pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, you, um, I, I was watching this and thinking, this woman is doing so much to raise awareness of of, of gay people in this country and ge genuine like consciousness raising and just visibility as a fact, as an absolute naked fact. And then I thought, why are there not more 
about gay Olympians, not just because they're hot, um, but also, <laughs> like, you know, Tom Daly. Why is Tom Daly not out? No, but no, but they're like. <laughs> He, know, hasn't, he just no, hasn't realized. No, he hasn't. Tom well realized. Tom well realized. In my arms, Tom well realized. No, but, but, I, 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 but like, what, I, ser, ser, on a really serious point, why, you know, there are like 10,000 Olympians. I'll tell you exactly and there are 10,000 Olympians and, and there are 12 out. I know, and it's pathetic. And Matt Mitchum is one of them who's an Australian diver. And I, my, my point, and I said this to Clive Woodward two years ago at the Winter Olympics, I harangued him about it one evening at dinner. I said, look, I genuinely believe that if you are frightened of being outed, it will affect your performance in of a negative way. Will. I said, have you had any conversations within the BOA about making it easy for athletes to be gay and be happily gay and be out? No, 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 because there's not a problem. I said, Clive, there's a problem. Oh, Believe me, there is a problem. And I don't think it is a very comfortable place at the moment to be out because they're all worried it will affect sponsorship. Yeah. Well. I think it'll affect performance if you're not out. So get on with it, win a gold medal, and get somebody nice to sponsor it. And actually, on a, on a serious point, if, if, if this summer has proved anything, I hope it's proved that sexuality is no barrier to you know, being quite good at what you do, if one hopes. And even A.A. Gill will write about you and actually drop the, you know, <laughs> a, 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 and actually all the subs did it for him, but drop any reference to your sexuality. <laughs> Imagine not being that, exactly. So question at the back, I think it's John. Yeah. I can Hello see, go John. on, John. Yeah. Gosh, wow. It's a very, it's a very healthy, well-rounded question. Yes, um, yes. Oh, everyone heard it. Everyone heard it. Yeah, go on. Um, are, the, are the activities... In the, uh, I wish I knew whether what, goes on <laughs> in, what they say goes on in the Olympic Village went on, but I only know from the, from the swimmers that I know, yes, a lot of shagging happens. A lot of shagging. <laughs> and you can imagine it would, and particularly if competitions finish. You know, you're fit, young, healthy human beings together with free condoms. Yeah. <laughs> and there was Obviously, there was a story in the New Yorker, and the detail that struck me was that the, the, the trees and the athletes' village were festooned with um, with used condoms, which I thought yeah. was lovely. But interestingly, lovely interestingly, and here's a lesson for all of us: the Olympic Village is alcohol-free, so healthy, fit young human beings with condoms and no alcohol. <laughs> and they, My and God. They, yes, I know. <laughs> that sounds like Israel, right? You. <laughs> Rugby league. Oh. There's a rugby league man in the room. I love it. After thinking about your family and your background, and what the belief really is of the sport, although it does have a healthy relationship to play rugby, how did that come about? My 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 grandmother. My, then this is my grandmother, whose grandfather was the Earl of Derby. You know the original Derby. Well, the only Derby is in match Derby. Obviously, there's the Derby, the race, but the only match Derby that actually exists is St Helens Wigan because of the Earl of Derby. Now, my grandmother was his granddaughter, and she grew up at Knowsley. So, and he was president of the RFL. And then her cousin was, and now my cousin is. Um, and, you know, doesn't give me any free tickets, but hey. Um, <laughs> and, and so I watched, I watched the Challenge Cup final with Grandma, and she'd always say, oh. and I remember ringing her once, and bearing in mind, and when you read this, you'll be very clear, my grandmother wasn't my biggest fan, but I rang her once, for, I was up doing the Challenge Cup semi-finals, and, and um, and I rang her because it was her birthday or something. And, um, and she said, uh, 
where are you? And I said, oh, I'm, do I'm doing the rugby league. I'm doing, oh, at least you're covering a proper sport. She said, Can coming I from a racing background, she considered rugby league a proper sport, not really racing, a rugby league proper sport. <laughs> so, so that's where it came from. And, and I just, I, there was a weekend when, to be honest, everybody else was working on something else and they're going, who's going to do the rugby league? Oh, get close to it, you know. <laughs> and, then it, and then it started from there. And, and I do, I genuinely enjoy it. I love it. And Kevin Sinfield is a god. And, and I wish Leeds had won the Challenge Cup final. But is he the out gay rugby player? No, he's married. I just need to know for yeah. Google. No, that was no, mine. no, no, <laughs> Gar no, Gareth Thomas. He means Gareth Thomas, oh, no, who's actually retired. But but it speaks very well. You should uh, Gareth Bounty. Has he got a book out? Or is he having a book coming? No, he's got a calendar. Um, <laughs> what, I'll take, I'll Get him in here. I'll, I'll take one last question. One, uh, yeah, you do that. Yeah. No, go. Don't apologise for asking a sporting question. Don't apologise. <laughs> Oh, well, the eventing. Oh, I mean, I did do the show jumping in the dressage, obviously. My, the, the big, the, the, mm, it's, it was difficult, and I did miss it horribly, but the, the big gigs at the Olympics are swimming and athletics because they're the big global sports, and they're the ones that <laughs> even NBC show, not live, but they show. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the idiots. Um, and so when you're offered the swimming gig, and they kind of planned this from three years ago, so they started me doing swimming world championships, European championships, Commonwealth Games, that sort of thing. Um, that is a huge deal. And my dilemma was, can I get back from Greenwich? If I go and do the eventing, which is only one gold medal, effectively, can I get back in time for the six gold medals that will be available on prime time that evening in the pool? And the answer was, no, I couldn't. So I watched it all, obviously, and I still appeared on telly talking about it and, and gave Gary Lineker most of his questions, or the good ones, anyway. Um, <laughs> but... but for when he interviewed the team, and then obviously he then threw to me and said, is there anything you want to say to them? Which, which then I did nearly cry. I'm so proud of you. Um, but it, no, I really did miss that. And the trouble is, you know, I had to miss Burley because of the Paralympics, and I will probably have to miss Babington next year because of the guineas. And these are, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an eventer, and you know, that's very clearly. And it's a great chapter on when I go and work for Lucinda Green, so you'll like that. Yes, I know, I know, yes. yes. <laughs> you worked for her for a week. Yeah, I yeah. know, shut yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, okay. a uh, it's, a, it's a whole chapter. It's a whole chapter. It's a really good story. <laughs> you want to find out why. <laughs> I've read the book. Okay, I know I said one like, with tiny wee question there. Go for it. Go for it. Quick, quick, quick. Oh, my relationship with Queen, yes. Yes, I because know. when the Queen makes, she's when the Queen all makes, all over me all the time. When she, yeah, when she, so when, when you know, when you get your OBE or your, you know, I mean, that has unlikely. to be in the so one. unlikely. You've read the book, you oh, know true. the Princess Anne chapter. I won't get oh, anything. Yes, the Princess yeah. Anne chapter. Oh, she's yes. hard faced, yeah. that Princess Anne. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I tried I, to kill her. I got. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, you failed. <laughs> it may have been the hair, her hair. Um, you know, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're gonna we're gonna leave it there because we I know we have so many more questions, but I'm gonna I want to say a huge thank you to all three of our guests, to Barak Tand and Shirley Corman and Claire Balding. I will see you back here for our fourth Salon anniversary on October the 23rd. Thank you very much.